Hello, this is Frank Falvey, and today I have what's called Frank's Musings. There's been a topic uh, that is consuming the news uh, media, and that's the fact that we have reached our debt ceiling of $31.4 trillion, and we can't come to an agreement between the House of Representatives in the administration on raising it in the, in the issues around raising it. Now, the media nationally, as good as it is, doesn't actually report the workings in the, in the theories behind the debt ceiling. They really don't grasp uh, what the important factors are and they seem to keep hopping on that we're going to default on our debt. We're not going to default on our debt. And I know this is kind of boring, but I have an article here from April 24th by David Wassell. And it's a very informative article that covers two things. One, we've gone through a shutdown of the government a number of times. And he's going to explain that. And then he's going to explain what uh, reaching the debt ceiling and not approving uh, a higher debt ceiling, what that means and what the history of a debt ceiling is. So if you can bear with me and if I can read correctly, this is uh, from David Wassell. Occasionally, one hears suggestions that a debt ceiling showdown that leaves the Treasury without enough cash to pay all its bills will resemble a government shutdown, which has occurred several times in recent memory when Congress has failed to pass appropriation bills on time. The Post explained the difference. What is the debt ceiling? When the federal government runs a deficit, that is, spends more than it collects in revenue, it borrows money to cover the difference by issuing IOUs in the form of U.S. Treasury securities. The debt ceiling is a limit set by Congress on the amount of borrowing the Treasury can do. Currently, $31.4 trillion is the current debt ceiling. The Treasury hit that ceiling in January of 2023 and has been taking what is known as extraordinary measures to keep paying the bills. But it will run out of maneuvering room sometime in the next several months remember this is April 24th, perhaps as early as June 2023, unless Congress acts. What happens in a government shutdown? Under the Anti-Deficiency Act, initially passed in 1884 and amended in 1950, federal agencies cannot spend or obligate any money 
without an appropriation or other approval from Congress. When Congress fails to enact the 12 annual appropriation bills, federal agencies must cease all non-essential functions until Congress acts. This is known as a government shutdown. During shutdowns, many federal employees are told not to report for work. Government employees who provide what are deemed essential services, such as air traffic control and law enforcement, continue to work, but they don't get paid until Congress takes action to end the shutdown. All of this applies only to roughly 25% of federal spending, subject to annual appropriations by Congress. Benefits such as Social Security continue to flow because they are authorized by Congress in laws that do not need annual approval. Although the services offered by Social Security benefit offices may be limited during a shutdown. In addition, the Treasury can continue to pay interest on the U.S. Treasury debt on time. There have been four shutdowns where operations were affected for more than one business day. The 1995-96, President Clinton and Republican Congress were unable to agree on spending levels, so the government shut down twice for a total of 26 days. In 2013, a standoff over funding for the Affordable Care Act resulted in a 16-day shutdown. And in December 2018, the January 2019, a dispute over border wall funding led to a shutdown that lasted 35 days. It was a partial shutdown because Congress had previously passed five of the 12 appropriations bills. Shutdowns can be disruptive, leading to delays in processing applications for passports, small business loans, or government business. Shuttered business centers in, in bathrooms at national parks fewer food safety inspections, and various inconveniences. But shutdowns are now sufficiently likely that the White House Office of Management and Budget post the contingency plans that government agencies maintain for shutdown. In short, members of Congress, government employees, financial markets, and the press generally understand what happens when a failure to pass appropriation bills lead to a government shutdown. So how is it that different so how is that different from a failure to raise the debt ceiling? Because tax revenues aren't sufficient to cover all federal spending, the federal government borrows a lot an average of more than $7 billion per business day. Raising the debt ceiling 
doesn't increase federal spending beyond what already has been approved by Congress. It simply allows the government to pay for purchases in obligations it already has made. Because Congress in the past has always lifted the debt ceiling before the Treasury has run out of money, no one knows for sure what will happen if Congress doesn't act this time. What the Treasury and Federal Reserve will do and how financial markets will react. Failure to make timely interest and principal payments on U.S. Treasury securities regarded, regarded as the safest financial asset in the world would be unprecedented default and among other things would call into question the credibility of the U.S. government. Promise and probably raise the interest rate that investors demand to hold U.S. Treasury debt in the future. In contrast to government shutdowns, the failure to raise the debt ceiling threatens not only the spending subject to annual appropriations by Congress, but all federal spending, including interest on the debt in Social Security, Medicare, and other government benefits. Federal employees can continue working. There is no need for agencies to decide which services are essential and which are not, but the paycheck may be delayed. We know, we know from transcripts of the Federal Reserve meeting that when this issue arose in 2011, the Obama Treasury was planning to make all interest and principal payments and to delay paying all its other bills, including government benefits. The Biden Treasury hasn't said what it plans to do if Congress doesn't raise the debt ceiling in time. It is, however, likely to make interest and principal payments on Treasury debt. Whether and how it will prioritize other payments is unclear. But someone will not get paid on time. There simply won't be enough cash to meet every obligation. What is the connection between raising the debt ceiling and reducing the federal deficit? Legally, there's no connection. Though sometimes the two issues occur close together, if the Treasury bumps up against the debt ceiling close to the end of the federal fiscal year on September 30th, the deadline for approving appropriations bills, even if only temporary ones. Still, members of Congress have used the imperative of raising the debt ceiling as leverage in negotiations in Congress and with the White House over appropriations bills and sometimes over broader tax and spending policies. This maneuver usually is by members of Congress from a party other than the administration for, for part agreement. The Budget Control Act, just a couple of days before the Treasury ran out of cash, among other things, it put caps on total appropriated spending and created a special congressional committee to craft a plan 
for future deficits. The committee failed to come to an agreement, triggering a series of automatic spending cuts. So, to begin with, the, uh, one second. To begin with, as pointed out, the day that the Treasury runs out of sufficient cash to pay all its bills does not mean that it's not receiving money. It, it's, I would estimate that between $300 billion and $400 billion comes into the Treasury every single month. Now that will ebb and flow depending on tax season and a whole bunch of other factors, but hundreds of billions of dollars are going to flow to the Treasury. More than sufficient to pay the interest and maturing debt uh, that is occurring. It probably has sufficient billions of dollars to pay other prioritized items. What the Biden administration and Treasury will set as those priorities are unknown. Uh, in other words, it, it's up to the president to decide which items they will pay and which items they will hold off on paying. But we are not going to default on a debt. We probably are not going to not send out Social Security payments. The danger that people are saying, I believe, is, is serious. There could be unemployment, uh, depending on how long this uh, goes, goes for. But the danger that no one is talking about is we, we had, when President Trump took office, we had a $19.9 trillion debt. At the end of the fiscal year 2020, uh, around when he left office, we had a $26.9 trillion debt. Probably $12 trillion of that debt was because he cut taxes for those people that are extraordinarily wealthy in, in those businesses. We have gone from 75% uh, businesses paying uh, bills and 25% from personal income to now 75 personal income is paying bills and 25 is coming from businesses. We can recognize that there is a problem, but the other side of the problem is this. If we don't, when the debt ceiling needs to be raised, if we don't find a plan of how to reduce in the future this deficit spending, 
worldwide we're having a problem. China is holding one, most of the debt, they're buying most of the debt. Uh, we, we no longer promote savings bonds for individuals to buy U.S. government debt, which got us through World War II. China now is the biggest credit nation and is the nation now that is helping third world countries. China now is an economic power. We are weakening ourselves with the debt because when you borrow money, right, you have to have the ability to repay that. Internationally, people are beginning to wonder, including the president of France, if we have that ability. Representing the European Union, he seems to be cozying up to China to be a, the world power in exchanging international money. Right now, international oil sales, international payments, are done in U.S. dollars. That means that in the United States, countries around the world have deposited huge sums of their money in uh, banks in Manhattan and in the United States to settle up international debts. If the world sees the United States as weak economically, as weak politically, as, as going down a terrible road, then they could easily switch over and have China have the yen pay all international debts. And they could recognize China as the economic power of the world. Now, this may not be happening, but if the debt is going presently after the 26.9 trillion that was at the end of 2020, today the debt ceiling is $31.4 trillion. I can tell you most of that increase was because Biden wanted to match Trump in COVID spending and wanted to match him in, in just general spending. He has, he and Trump have put so much money into the economy and in his great American plan, which is funding everything in the COVID virus, which it's a laugh. I mean, the spending on the COVID virus is like a giveaway to everything that Biden wanted to have happen. It is a pure uh, economic response. If Trump wanted to settle up and, and, and help the rich, Biden wanted to spend money uncontrollably uh, to put into the economy. That spending is going to be drastically tapering off in September of 2023. So we cannot continue the appropriations over more than our income. We need to come up with a plan in by pushing 
at the, that time ceiling, this is the time that they should reform that joint committee and they should re try to solve on somewhat of a longer term process the debt ceiling. Before Biden leads office, we are going to be faced again with an, uh, another debt ceiling problem. It, it is not going to be going away. It is going to be reoccurring. And my point is we can't, Congress cannot help but spend money. The president cannot help but approve expenditures. One of the ways that if I, if I was, when the uh, Ukrainian war started, if I was in the, had something to do with the government, would have proposed a Ukrainian tax to pay for the military equipment that is going to Ukraine. I mean, if Ukrainians are dying fighting Russia for their country, and we're supplying military aid, don't we have a moral, personal obligation to help pay for those items that we're spending, sending there? The equipment is very costly. All of the nations, or many of the nations of the world, <coughs> excuse me, are doing the same thing. They're sending equipment to Ukraine to fight the Russians, at least in order to reduce the deficit, in order to reduce that growth, let us have a tax that would end when we have paid off the equipment that we have sent to Ukraine. There are a number of other ways that we can raise the income coming in to the uh, Treasury. One of the principal ways is to reverse the Trump tax cut. This administration, even in its first two years, never really highlighted that, never really fought to have that tax cut, which is so drastically contributed to the deficit. And for the middle class, the benefits have already expired. But for the, those of wealth, the benefits are never going to expire. They are just continuing. Well, I could go on musing, I uh, believe, about the debt, but I, I hope in some uh, way I have been informative as to the uh, facts around the issue. And I hope that the media doesn't use incendiary words, that they more or less try to lay out what the problem is and how to, to solve it or why it isn't being solved. But it's the debt limit, I believe, when we come to it, that is the only way we are ever going to face uh, controlling our spending. I believe the two are linked together. Thank you for uh, watching. Uh, if you have uh, uh, another opinion and you would like uh, to express that, uh, please call the studio and uh, free, be, feel free to contact uh, the, cable, the Franklin Access Cable Studio. 
so you can express your opinion. Again, this is uh, Frank Falvey uh, with Frank's Musings, and uh, I will have more uh, shortly coming up. This program was made possible by your Franklin friends and neighbors. Good folks, just like you. Thanks for supporting Franklin TV. And thanks for watching.